is Petticoat Rule, a program about musical productivity examined through the storytelling lens of women in the music industry. I'm your host, Eric Lang, and let me introduce producer Tara Molesworth. Hello. Hi. And today's guest is Kiki of the Buckle Downs. Hello. Hi. I've been lost before, waiting. Yes, ma'am. Oh my gosh, you're both, <laughs> you're both whispering my name. Stereo, stereo <laughs> creepy Kiki whisper. Um, well, so Kiki is the voice of Pittsburgh-based prog psych rock band, The Buckle Downs. This is a rock band with 60 psychedelic infusions, soul and funk leanings, and a unifying glaze of silky, potent vocals. Kiki's voice will strike you. She emits power. When you listen to her sing, it is more than just a sound. In her energy, you can hear the muffled echoes of all she's been through, supporting the pillars of strength that she has built traversing her life. You can hear that she has embraced harmonic moments and overcome challenges. It is a kind of authentic feminine confidence that, witness live, is guaranteed goosebumps. She'll put a smile on your face, she'll bring a pang to your heart, and you will leave filled with a little bit of the vigor that she possesses and so freely gives when she performs. She hasn't always been a front woman, though, so today we are going to talk to Kiki about where she came from and how she found herself where she is today, what her musical development has been, and what it is like to so thoroughly own the stage. That's the second time you've said that, and I'm still like, I can't believe that's what you get. (laughs) I feel like a different person. (laughs) What would you call you? What would you say about yourself? What's your personal (sighs) self-bio? A complete walking mess. <laughs> Travesty. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like I'm just, I think I, I'm so many things. I'm a mom and getting ready to be a wife, but then I'm like a problem solver and some people's therapist and I'm a teacher and there's so many different hats I wear that I don't know if I could sum it up so beautifully or simply. <laughs> well, really this don't. is also, this is the music version of That's you. That's the music right? version of me. The rest of me is a mess. Yeah. Well, mess. so it's, maybe it's a mess or not, but like you, you wear it out. Like you are who you are. And when you're on stage, it just feels so palpable that you're like, I don't know, just um, like you've been through what you've been through and being up there is is like a release for you. It, it's a huge release. Um, it's also terrifying because you don't know how people are going to receive it. Like my personality is this is it. What you see is what you get. It doesn't change. Um, the music version of me is just a little bit more forward. But I'm always a direct, blunt in your face type of person Mm -hmm. and you never know how people are going to take it when I'm just talking to people sometimes they're intimidated by that until they figure out I'm just a big warm fuzzy goofball Uh but I don't present myself that way Uh and then they you know then they either are okay with it or they're or they're not and I'm okay with either way Mm -hmm. but it's I think it's just difficult for me to get on stage and just be me because you never know how somebody's going to take it and when I first started I didn't do that I did did not. 
I was trying to be everybody else. Uh, I would take parts of what I saw from other performers and I would try to be that. And then I began to realize that it just doesn't, I can't pull that off successfully. Mm -hmm. I can be the most successful actor in the world and I can't be somebody else on my stage. You're always going to be, the best person you're always going to be is Is me. And I figured that out. It took me about a year or so to figure it out. Only a year? Look. People like go their whole (laughs) lives. I'm like still working on it. Uh uh-uh. uh, oh, not yeah. true. Oh yeah, I'm terrified. You you just get up there and you just do it like the once you're on stage. Does it just like the atmosphere energizes you, or how do you um, process that? No, I I pretty much I won't swear, but I pretty much just go f it. You're here. Mm-hmm. You're here. Like backstage, I'm a wreck. You wouldn't know it because I'm inside. I'm I'm panicking. I'll. My my fiance has seen me in the fetal position on the floor. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't want to do this, you know. And I don't tell I don't tell my guys that. I'm just like, okay, cool, yeah, I'll be I'll be there, guys. And in my mind, I'm going, please, please, please let like rain or something cancel this because I'm terrified. Yeah. <laughs> but you just kind of when you step up there, like when we're setting up and when we're getting ready to go, it's like you are here. And you're here for somebody asked you to be here. Mm-hmm. So you're doing something right. At least one person. At least one person asked you to be here. So let's let's take that and let's just go with it. Mm-hmm. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. And then I shut everything down. I just shut all the nerves down. I, or I re, maybe I should say I refocus them. Mm-hmm. I want the nerves. I like them. Yeah, they keep you. They keep you honest. Striving for that. And they keep you from perfection. being that diva that thinks you're perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love them. Yeah, right. Because uh, you know, usually the most successful people are the people who are thinking, "I'm not quite at I'm that not level. There. I'm not there." And then they keep working at it. Yep. Which is why I get so surprised when people actually want to hear me. Because yeah, right. To me, it makes no sense. But and I always want it to be that way. I always want to be pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. I never want to get to the point where I'm like, "I am so good that you cannot even stand in my same space." Like I, that's <laughs> that's not cool. Yeah, I know. It's definitely a bad attitude to I've, have. I've worked with people like that, and it's like... Mm. Yeah, like, they don't... I don't know. I like collaboration. I don't like Yeah, collaboration is great when you're, like, working with people, and they bring you ideas that you wouldn't have come up with yourself. Right. So in that vein, like, the buckle-downs... What is the story of the buckle-downs? And, like, was that your music that you came to, or is this a new way of music Honey, for you? Honey, this could not have been more of a stretch of the imagination for me. Yeah. I came from the typical black community, church, R&B, hip-hop background. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh gosh, when I moved to Pittsburgh... I quickly figured out that I did not fit that background. Uh-huh. Some of the first people that I met um, were very much into the, the gospel scene here. Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't fit it. <laughs> At the time, believe it or not, I was not a belter. Yeah. And I was really just more of just a singer. Uh-huh. I wasn't really this performer. I wasn't this belter. So I didn't fit. And I went, okay, no problem. Cool. And I ended up meeting... All kinds of people. How did I meet Alex? Oh, I did a show at Club Cafe. It wasn't even my show. I was just doing background. And the opening guy is Alex Stanton. And Alex owns Sunburst School of Music where I work. And 
he was just, it was just him and some guitars on stage. And it was, he was so cool and we loved him. We didn't really get to talk to him. But the next morning I went to work and this, I never did this, but we had like three buildings where I worked and I went over to building two randomly. And this woman rushes me and she's like, oh my God, Kiki. And nobody at work knows me as Kiki. So I was like, who is this? (laughs) And it turns out it was Alex's then girlfriend, now wife, Danielle. And it was her last day. So I met her on her last day. And And she had seen you. And she saw and she said, he wants to talk to you. I was like, cool. So I started doing background for Alex. He has a band called Townspeople. Mm -hmm. And um, in the band was Ernie. And Ernie is now one of the guitar players in the Buckle Downs. Oh. So Ernie was always like, yeah, I want to do some kind of like funk stuff. I'm, you know, oh, yeah, hit me up whenever. And townspeople didn't rehearse regularly. Anytime we had a show, we would just get together. So I would see Ernie every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And then he was, it was like six months after the last show. And I was intoxicated one evening. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And uh, Ernie had emailed me. And I, I hate email. Hate it. So I didn't check. I don't know why I was like intoxicated checking my email. <laughs> I don't know, but I was, and I get this email and Ernie's like, Hey, remember me? I want to start this band. And I'm like, sure. You know, and he's like, I, oh, I, so I, I had no clue <laughs> what was going on. Uh-huh. And then I woke up like, did I just say yes to being in a band? <laughs> That's like the best drunk mistake oh, I've ever heard though. It like was. people make like all kinds of drunk mistakes and that's, that's a pretty good one. That's how that happened. <laughs> so, so you, they got together a uh, rehearsal and you guys went and just tried some well, stuff. Did they yeah. have some music going So they or? sent me some music and I had no clue what was going on. I was, I just learned it. So I went to the place where they met and, and two of my other current band members were, were already part of this group. And this group was something else before it was a completely different band when I met them. And um, I didn't know I was auditioning. I thought I was just coming and showing up. Oh. I was like, okay. I what started, did you think you were going to do? I don't know. Just <laughs> sing some songs. So I just, I sang a couple songs and the guy at the, at that time who was kind of managing the band was like, Oh yeah, you're great. And yeah, you're in the band. And I was like, you want to talk to these guys before you say that? And he's like, no. The funny thing is that like two weeks later, he ended up, we ended up kicking him out. <laughs> oh, that's so, so he funny. put me in the band and then he left. Uh-huh. And then I stuck with the band. And then we lost our keyboard player to San Francisco. So I called a guy that I'd played with once before, Dave, mm-hmm. who's still our keyboard player. And we ended up losing our drummer. <laughs> so we got another drummer. And now we have another drummer uh, who's Jonathan. Yeah. So it kind of, it's evolved. Yeah. But Jonathan's been with us for like a year and a half, maybe. Uh-huh. So this has like been a steady thing for the last almost two years. Yeah, good. Yeah. It was it was the drunken mistake that I made. It wasn't even a mistake. I just didn't know I did it. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. This is so. the it's the best kind that's the best kind of Oh mistake. yeah. I was like, oh sure, I'll I be in a band. That. And then I then I called everybody that I trusted and was like, Should I be in a band? Because I don't think I should do this. And why did you think you shouldn't do it? Um, I think because I never saw myself doing anything with music, ever. Mm-hmm. Like ever, I mean, just doing a couple background gigs here and there is one thing. So you you enjoyed the gospel stuff you did when you were young. Sure, and... I mean, but you know, after a while, it's like I kind of want to branch out and do some other stuff, but I don't really know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, believe it or not, I had never listened to the type of stuff that these guys had listened to. I knew nothing about rock music. Uh huh. I knew, of course, I knew about like funk and Motown and soul, but I didn't know anything about rock. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And they would come with all this rock stuff. And I'm like, "Uh, this is great. I've never heard this before. And they go, well, haven't you listened to Led Zeppelin? Or I'm like, no, no, Mm -hmm. ever. So they give you some homework listening assignments? Not really. I mean, they became my homework. Like they would write. And at first I didn't write anything because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So they would write it. Uh-huh. They would write the lyrics, they would like the melody based on what they liked, and then I would perform it, but it didn't quite feel like it was me. Yeah, because it's not your words. Because it's not me. Yeah. So after, and I was like, I don't talk like this. Like, I'm pretty much in, I don't talk about clouds and stuff floating around. And, yeah, isn't it weird when someone writes your words? Yeah, that, I can't like, do that. I will not ever say this. Yeah, this is, <laughs> there's one song on the album that I did not write the words to. Oh, really? And if you, I don't even know if I want to tell you, I want to see if you figure it out because no one figures it out. I have a guess. You have a guess? I have to look at the, Mm -hmm. let's see. My guess is. No one gets this when I say this. My guess is Rivers. No. And that's always everybody's first guess. Really? That is the first guess. I feel bad. No, don't. What is it? I don't know. Do I want to tell you? (laughs) I'm going to find out eventually somehow. Do our homework. Yeah, I would. If you can, if you can figure it out, I I hope that you wrote not like I used to. Oh, I wrote not like okay, I good, used to. Because that one is man, <laughs> right in there. I don't know why I was in a mean mood that day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wrote that one. You get one more guess. If you get it, I don't know what I'll do. I'll think of something awesome. Tara, you too. Hmm. What do you think? There's one I just did not write. If you when I say it, you're gonna be like, duh, maybe. Um, See, you didn't think I was going to give you work, did you? I know. Now I'm like, oh, shoot. I don't know. It, it's, it makes so much sense if you think about it. Um, There's one that's much more abstract lyrically than I am. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess Strut. That is always the second one people guess. And really? That is not true. Okay, I was trying to use some weird reverse psychology thing to get to that answer because I have no <laughs> clue. This is so fun. See, now there's only eight options left. So, oh no, six, seven options because I guess three things technically. Arthur? No, I wrote Arthur. Call you friend? No. <laughs> Soldier? Just, now we're halfway through. <sighs> it's with love. What? Really? I did not no write way. that. Well, you just said the thing about the clouds. So that got me yep. thinking about that. And and that <laughs> I didn't write that. <laughs> and oh to God. be to be honest, yep, I did not write that. And to be honest, I struggle remembering the words to that song mm-hmm. every time because yeah. I didn't write it. Right. So I don't know where I'm going. If you notice, and I tell people this at my shows, if you notice, watch me do this. If I look up, uh-huh. I don't know what the words are. <laughs> That's funny. Actually, that's a good segue to something I wanted to ask you about, because when I watch you, I see you doing a lot of gestural things. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of um, some things that I do that are related to, they're basically choreographing my breath work. Uh Aha. Enhances my ability to sing the songs. And I was wondering if that's what you were doing up there. No. Um, But that's, that's genius, though. Yeah, it really helps because you're like, mm, and then you're like pushing. And it, like, I'm so glad you said that, though, because as a voice teacher, mm-hmm. I try to tell my students to use their bodies yeah. because they get this rigid box thing going on. Yeah, they got to stay fluid. Yeah, you need to be open. I make my students walk around the room with their arms out. Really? Yes. I'm like you will your warm up and your warm up. You have to 
walk around with your arms out because you, you get in your box. Yeah, and then like you're also holding all the attention. And then your you're holding everything. So I yeah. make them do this. Yeah, um, that's but a good one. No, that is not what I'm doing. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you're just feeling it. I just, I am very expressive with my hands. So uh-huh. I use them a lot. And it just helps me deliver. I yeah. don't know. Like it's, I can't be pent up. If I'm pent up, I sound like a Muppet and I would prefer not to sound. <laughs> I think I sound like a Muppet anyway, but I try not to sound like that. Yeah. yeah. So it just helps me to open up. Oh, I see. But the funny thing about breathing is, um, so some of these songs after performing them for a while, I had to sit down and like tick mark where to breathe on every one of these songs. Yeah. Because after a while you just, I'm like, I'm messing this up, man. Yeah, you have to plan where you breathe. Oh, my gosh. You have to plan that. People don't think you do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to break up a phrase. So you know, I know. What, you know what yeah. I mean. I do know what you mean, but it's a really good thing to talk about for listeners, um, anyone who's interested in doing vocals. Yeah. It's more than just getting there and singing. There's oh my all gosh. this um, ways that you use your voice, how you pronounce vowels right. that aren't normal to everyday language There's but sound better when diction you sing them. and using inflections and how you put emotion into a song because people think that you have to feel it. And I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think using diction and inflection and volume and swelling and decrescendos and and yeah if you do that i hate singing taylor swift but i sing taylor swift at every wedding i do yeah and i have to act like i love it so i use different (laughs) tricks to act like i love it and that's okay yeah but you it's so much more than just notes and words it is definitely you have to realize that if you're going to be a performer Mm -hmm. if you're going to be a singer that's different you can just sing yeah but if you're going to be the lead of a band. You got to do you gotta, more. You got to do more. A heck of a lot more. Like sometimes my vocal coach will, she'll have me plank, you know, like get in the plank <laughs> position on the floor. Yeah. I did that last week with And sing. Students. And then like, it totally teaches you where to use your muscle, the abdominal wall on the bottom. Yes. And how to hold your breath and how to do it and when yep. to take a breath. If you can last that long planking. So, uh, I did it with one of my students. We sang on the floor. Yeah. Just because I was tired. Yeah, <laughs> and she came in, and I'm like, "We're going to sing on the floor." And she's like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing." Um, so, how much of your time do you spend vocal coaching? Is that your Don't, main gig? No, no, that's my second <laughs> of three. Um, I do that three days a week. Uh-huh. Um, teach Wednesdays, Thursdays, Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, and then all day on Sunday. Wow. And is it um, teenagers or any age? Everybody. I have four-year-olds to people older than me. Four-year-olds? Wow. That's fun. I have one girl. She's been with me since the very beginning. She was four when she started. She's seven now. Wow. And we just, that's my girl, man. That's like (laughs) one of my besties. (laughs) But yeah, I have all ages. A lot of teenagers. A lot of musical theater kids. Mm, Sure. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. they're, They're my babies. I love them. Yeah, I'm sure they have so much. Oh, they're so funny. Talents and attitude. They do. And, yeah. And it's, I think, I, I kind of feel honored because I get to help them shape that. Yeah, you definitely. Know, I love when they come back and say, I heard your voice in my head. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm kind of glad you did. Uh-huh. You know, I like them. They're my, they're my kids. Aw. And what, what's your uh, main, main thing? So I'm like an, um, I don't know what you would call me, probably queen of all problem solving, mm-hmm. but I guess they call it an office manager at a state farm office. So I manage... Do you sell life insurance? I do. Because I heard someone said something like, if you need life insurance, talk to Kiki. Yes. 
<laughs> it was a post I put up on Facebook that said basically how people brag about $200 weaves and $50 manicures, but you won't spend $30 a month on life insurance. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, yes, please talk to me about this. <laughs> so yes. And my boss was so happy about it, but yeah, I do. I, I don't really, I, I do more of the problem solving and the managing and the accounting. Mm-hmm. That sounds like, oh, that's boring. No. No. You're not bored by it? Uh, no, because I'm I'm a natural problem solver. Uh-huh. So it's like somebody coming to you and being like, here's a bucket full of mess. You figure it out. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I got this. So is that maybe also part of why you like work so well with the buckle downs? Because they bring you this whole other thing you, you don't read really my mind. know. You read my mind. Yeah. In my mind, there's there's two different types of musicians. There's the types that... That's all they want to do. And they are able to focus on that Mm 24-7. And then there's people like me who have half of my attention needs to be focused on something else. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I do think that's why I'm able to do this because it's not my job. Right. It's not made into something that makes me money. I'm not forced to do it. Right. Yeah. You know, I can choose to do it. Right. And that makes it fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it became like the only thing you were doing. I don't think I would do it. Yeah, I wouldn't enjoy fun. it. What you enjoy on stage that you so eloquently yeah. said earlier, which is still my favorite thing in life right now. <laughs> I don't think I would have been able to do it. I need something else. Plus, I'm I'm half creative, half business. Yeah, I'm like the perfect blend of the two. Uh huh. Um, so I have two degrees, and I use them there. Yeah. But everything else is instinct, uh-huh. and I use that on stage. On stage, in yep. the music. Yep. That's so great. Plus, even inside of the buckle downs, like you you were saying, they do they brought to you a different kind of style of music. Definitely. And then you bring your, you know, your background with the gospel and mm-hmm. everything like that put into the context of that kind of rock psychedelic stuff. Which is funny because it's different in it. And that's the thing, like we've progressed a lot. When you you were saying that we were like prog rock and they would they would cringe on that. Yeah. Um, we started off that way and that's how we kind of defined ourselves. But we're so far away from that now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, I can remember so, ooh, ooh, some of the first songs we did. We took those down <laughs> uh, because they were very much prog rock. Yeah. And here I am trying to be rock, mm-hmm. which is, I'm like, this does not work. No. So now you're being... Who you are. Now it's, now it's, I own a lot more of the process than I did before. Mm-hmm. Before we were just all bringing our, all of our influences into it. And honestly, I didn't bring anything because I did not know what to bring. Right. So I was just following what, and, and this is not bad. This is how we figured out who we were. Mm-hmm. Um, the process started with them just being like, well, I got this song idea or this riff idea. And we would sit around kind of in a little circle of love here and we would all put parts to it except me. Yeah. Because I didn't know what I was doing. Uh huh. So they would give me this melody. They would give me these lyrics. They would send me stuff that they wrote. And I'd be like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, no problem. And I'm singing it and I'm starting to notice this does not feel like anything I would say. Uh-huh. It's what they would say. And that's fine, but they're not delivering this thing. Mm-hmm. So I think. I kind of was like, all right, let me let me do this on my own. Let me create. I'm in a, I've been arranging music for years. We were I was writing music in high school, mm-hmm. but I got away from it. And then with the new rock label, I was like, yeah, I can't. I can't compete with these guys. They know what they're doing. Just because you felt uncomfortable because you didn't know. Because I didn't know. The genre. I didn't know. And after a while, I was like, all right, you know better than this, though. Mm-hmm. 
So I started making a rule and I was like, okay, nobody else writes lyrics. Nobody else writes melody lines. Let me see what comes naturally to me. So you just waltz into band practice one day and say that, and then they were like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Good for, good on you. Good they, on you my, I, I will say this seriously, and if my guys never hear this, that I say this to them anyway. They are, like, you, I've been through so many bands and groups, and I don't think I would do this anymore if it wasn't for those five guys. Yeah? Seriously. And I give them hell, and I know it. <laughs> Now, so why do you say that, though? Because they stick with you and... You know what? Because there's no drama. Uh-huh. There's no divas. Wow, that's so nice. Right. It's just six people with a with an actual common goal. Like, we uh-huh. actually... We don't care about money. We don't care if we ever end up on a record label. We do not... We do this because we all have day jobs, and this is our outlet, uh-huh. and it's taking... It's, it's actually people are picking it up. Yeah. We didn't know that was going to happen. We had no intention of that. Yeah, you're like on YEP or in their summer festival. Right. We're doing Heartwood Acres Heartwood thing Acres. next week. And we don't – that's that's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but that's not what we thought would happen. We, yeah. we were just six people who like to jam. Wow. And we still are. You know, it's so rare to find it's so rare. six people with no six drama. Six with no drama. Now, there's drama. now, And it's yeah. usually all centered around me either doing something or not wanting to do something. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> like, I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> but, but I don't, I, I can't say I would rather work with any other group of people because there's uh-huh. no tension. I mean, it's just. Let's get in here and do it. And yeah, there's little spots of tension where we're like, all right, we got to figure this out. Like, this is not working. Or they want to change something and I go nuts. I'm like, don't change that. And they don't listen to me and they do it anyway. And then I pout. But (laughs) they, I mean, they just, we just work. We're just a group of people who can work together. Yeah. That's uh, so important. And that's, you know, part of that melding process at the beginning, even though you don't sound like you did then, what the purpose of that phase of the band is to find out if you can work together. Right. And then eventually you find what your sound is. And we, I mean, I I don't honestly ever think, oh my God, I hate these guys. Like that's never a thought in my head. Yeah. It's always, if there is any tension, it's like, man, we'll be all right tomorrow. (laughs) You know, I don't worry about it. Have you done any tours or anything where you're trapped in the car? No, we have not done that. Um, I think we talked about it, but we really, I mean, we get together once a week. Mm-hmm. We, you know, have some beer. I don't drink beer, so I drink something else. But we just kind of, we talk about it. If it comes up, we'll deal with it. Yeah. That's good. You're getting a lot of success even without doing that. So. Which is, again, shocking. But It's because people like what you're throwing down. Because you're authentic up there on the stage. I don't know any other way to be. I tried not to be authentic. I tried to be everybody and everything else. And it didn't stick. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too old for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm way too old. So um, what is it like being a black woman in music, in the music (laughs) scene? What is it like? Is it... I guess one has so many different kinds of questions. But that, there's so many different answers. Yeah, like there's like, what's it like to be black in music? But then, and but then there's the woman, and then there's what's about to be a black woman, and then so I think I'll answer that this way. As I said before, when you're a black woman, you are expected to fall into one of like a couple of genres. You're either going to be gospel, you're going to be neo-soul slash soul, you're going to be funk, 
you're going to be something that originated around um, around African-American music in, in this country. That's what you're expected to be. Mm-hmm. If you're not, um, it's pretty much just like you, the black community will support you, but not really understand. I don't think they fully understand why I went the way I did or what it even represents or means. Um, they see me happy and they see me being a version of successful and they're happy about that. And I appreciate that. But I think it's difficult sometimes for the black community to black community to embrace what I do. Really? I think so. Do you get that feeling of pushback from the black community? Not really pushback, but I can, because again, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that the black community is not supportive. I would not say that at all. Um, I would just say that it's the type of support where it's a distant support. It's like, oh, I see you doing your thing. Go, sis, go. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you'll come to my show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And now, and that's okay. Like, I am not putting anybody down. Not by far. Because I get it. There are some genres and things that I'm like, yeah, good job. But that's not really my thing. Uh-huh. Um, so it's it's difficult in the sense that your your close-knit group of friends, you might not see at a show. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's all right. I kind of would rather it that way. I'd rather my be able to come to my friends and talk about the difficulty that I have in, in the process than talk to you about it and have you at my shows and overburden you with it. So I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. Um, it's an interesting take. It, well, because, well, I have friends that we talk about this. I'm not the only one of my friends in music and we talk about, you know, the expectation of your friends and what, what their role should be in your development and... I think it depends on the friend. I don't know. For me, I don't I don't want people that I'm close to to be too close to the music because I need you to be over here in the pocket when I need to vent. Yeah. <laughs> you I know. See that. Yeah. So it's it's to be a black woman in, in this type of environment is different because I'm not doing what's expected of me. And then there's the other part of it where I'm just a woman. And you know as well as I do, that you are always up against the men, mm-hmm. especially in the rock genres. Mm-hmm. Um, you are up against the guys. Yeah. And I know that there's been a little tension in the market about, you know, certain venues slash promoters always wanting to hang on to the good old boys network. Mm-hmm. And hey, where are the women? Where are the minorities? Um, the part that kind of sucks there is a lot of times I get kind of tagged as mm. the minority. So yeah. I'm the only one. <laughs> and you're a woman. So and just, I'm a woman. So you fit yeah. both the barrels, <laughs> you know. I, do you feel like that like cheapens the value of your music? Somehow, no, or like, I don't. Not? I don't let it. I don't mind being involved in these circles. I'm thankful for it. Uh, but at the same time, don't think I'm not aware of it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. very aware. And I'm very careful um, as to how I present myself. Um, I, again, I like collaboration on all levels and I'm not going to buck that, but if it's presented in a way that puts me in any type of compromising position because I'm a woman or because I'm black, mm-hmm. you can guarantee that I'll shut that down quickly. Like I will protect what I am and I will protect my guys, but, and I, I hate to say it like that. I really do because there's just so many different edges to this and every gig we do, I have to think about. You know, I don't I, th- I don't think a lot of other musicians have to do that. I don't think they have to think about how they're being represented 
Mm-hmm. You know, when I go do some of the bigger shows that a lot of area musicians are in, I'm well aware that I am the only minority on that stage. Yeah, like you can definitely just feel, you know, you just I just know. I mean, it's visual. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, now yeah. do I let that affect me? No, no. Do I let that affect my working relationship with the other musicians? No. You know, at the end of the day, I hope to promote the idea that it shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. I hate the fact that there are some out there that feel like we're underrepresented. I would agree with that. I don't know why. I don't know if there's not a lot of artists like me mm-hmm. who don't do the necess- or the the expected type of music. I don't know. I don't I don't see them. Yeah, right. You know, where are you? Come out. Yeah. <laughs> come play with me. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, come come play in the sandbox. We should, we should all be here. Uh-huh. I do want more inclusion. Um but I think that that inclusion has to happen on both sides. It has to happen on the artist side. Yeah, people Do, have to be doing it. Yeah, that. come on out, come out. And then it has to happen on the, the organizer side for them to understand that, hey, you might not want to make this look like <laughs> there's only one type of person that can be at this event. Mm-hmm. So it's been interesting for me to watch that conversation unfold. Yeah. And it to has be been part unfolding. of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And to be a part of it and to be in it. Do you feel like it's been shifting? I do. But again, I feel like the artists that are in the same boat as me, I don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. And I want them to come out. They must be somewhere. They're here. They're around. But come to the front. Yeah. So do you know, do you know Athena from Brazilian Wax? I don't. She, uh, so they're a punk band and she's uh, a black woman in a punk band. And she actually has a song, Girls to the Front. And it's it's a very female empowerment band, but uh, she's also very aware of her mm-hmm. um, identity in that place. You know, it's it's hard. It's because I don't I don't necessarily view this as a negative. I view it as an opportunity. Like, hey guys, we're here. Hello, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're here. Yeah. Don't forget about us. Uh-huh. You know, but at the same time, I think there's an aggressive way to promote that agenda, and I'm just not about that. You're an action-oriented person. I'm an action-oriented person. So you're you're promoting it by doing it. Yeah, let's just do it. So just as a little transition, you're also like the only woman in, a, in this six-piece mm-hmm. band. So it's like a dude band, <laughs> you know? I only have three guys in my band, but I feel like that's a bunch of dudes, you know? <laughs> I, I am the only girl. You have five. I'm not the most feminine. Mm-hmm. I, like, yeah, girl, I'm not either. You know, I'm not like the one wearing pink doilies, and I, I, I just figured out what glitter was when my wedding came around. <laughs> what? 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 Yeah, I know. I was not a glitter person, but... But I ain't open my trunk right now. And there's a lot of glitter in there. <laughs> it will never leave. And yeah, I know. I've heard. But I'm not, I'm not the most girly person. Mm-hmm. I've always been more tomboyish. Yeah. I didn't start wearing dresses till this year. Wow. How about that? Yeah. So, shocker. Everybody, when the people <laughs> see me in the dress, they're like, are you wearing a dress? I'm like, just shut your mouth. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it does, it's, it's like nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like five dudes and a half dude <laughs> like, yeah, that's uh-huh. pretty much what it is yeah <laughs> um it's, it doesn't even register yeah that's cool Mm-mm. yeah I know what you're talking about it's like okay you know I'm probably the most uh by far probably the most intimidating one <laughs> like I'm probably the worst and uh probably the most aggressive one honestly <laughs> by far 
And they just like step back and let you take, mm-hmm. take the lead on all that stuff. They do. <laughs> Who does all of the um, the booking and the website and everything like that? The great thing is um, we all kind of play different roles. Awesome. So I know Ernie and Jonathan and John do a lot of the social media stuff. I'm probably your big networker, um, schmoozer, if you will, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, then, so like Doodle Damien. Um, he handles a lot of the like financial end and tells us what we need to do. And so we all kind of have a different role and it just fell that way. Mm-hmm. That's we, so nice. It's that's what I'm telling you. Like, I don't know how I got so lucky. I do it's not that, know. Yeah. It's seriously like, it's not only no drama. It's also like equal distribution it just runs. of work. It just runs, <laughs> you know, the way it does. I mean, they're like, well, I can do this. Well, I can do this. And I'm like, I don't want to do any of that. I'm just going to go out and talk to people. And, <laughs> and, I'm just going to go know. be a star. Oh God. No, I'm just, I like talking to people, so I'm like, I'll go do that. Well, it's a part of the process. Yeah, it is. People don't want to not talk to you after your show. They immediately want to talk to you. Uh, And the funny thing is, I'm actually an outgoing introvert. That's how I would describe myself. Me too. I can talk all day, but when I'm at home, Mm -hmm. or when I'm like, I just just want to be at home. Yeah. So when I get off stage, I, I love when people come up and talk to me, but... Like in five minutes in, I'm like, I'm, I'm scared and I want to go home. <laughs> I want good bed. But no, I'm kidding. It's fine. It's fine. But I prefer quiet. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you were remarking earlier, too, about being a little bit older. So yeah. you're 38. 38. I'm 38. Yeah. And we are doing music. And I feel just sometimes, just sometimes I feel like somehow that's old in music. And I don't, see, I think mostly it's because I don't see a lot of other women my age. Oh, they're there. Going out there and doing Oh, it. they are there. They are there. Where are they? I don't want to, uh, I can think of a couple right off the top of my head. They're there. We should have an old lady fest. <laughs> we're not old. <laughs> that, and that's no, we're thing. not old. We are not old. But you know what? I, I appreciate being a musician now. Yeah. Because had I been one in my 20s. I would have talked about dumb stuff. I feel exactly the same way. Like, like I had to go oh, this guy's the kid and I want his name and number. Like that would have been me <laughs> because that's all you knew, you yeah. know. Uh-huh. But I think one of the reasons I come across as powerful is because I'm at an age where I just don't have time for anything that I don't want to have time for. Mm-hmm. So when I'm writing my lyrics, they're very straightforward and they're very much just like, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. You can be in one of two groups. I like it or I don't. I, I don't I don't have time to worry about that anymore, I guess, maybe. And that's why I like being a musician at this age. Because uh-huh. nothing bothers me. Nothing impacts me. Nothing influences me. If I know it's the right thing for me to do, mm-hmm. it's going down. Mm-hmm. If I want to consider it, I will consider it. I'll bounce it off my elders and my wise ones in my life. Um, and if I don't want to consider it, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I am perfectly 100% confident in my capabilities to make the right judgment call. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that women our age are doing it now. Yeah, because there's a lot of life experience there. That's what it's that's what I think is so resonant in your music and what I think makes an authentic performer that people really gravitate towards because you've been through stuff. Oh, and you're singing about stuff. Oh, that's real. Like you have, you have stuff to say. I got stuff to say. You got stuff to say. And you know, I'm glad people want to hear it, but I don't regret being a musician now. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm still doing this in my fifties. Yeah. Why not? I'm sure you will be. Oh, 
You're so talented. Oh, I love you. <laughs> Say that to me every morning when I wake up in tears, like, oh. <laughs> I'll print out this intro. I'm not sure I can do this again. <laughs> <laughs> no, my body is saying a different story. It's like, yeah, you know you climbing up there, right? And I'm like, yeah. So I, I have so many ways to go in the question sphere here, but I, I still want to ask you about, you referred earlier to not being a belter yet at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. And you became a belter. Yep. And what was your training like? When did you decide to... You know, like if music wasn't your career goal, well, now you're doing it and you're teaching other people. Mm -hmm. And like, how did it, how did this transition happen? Ooh, <laughs> a happy accident. So, wow. Um, I had, I was taking voice lessons from a very, very wonderful man here. And unfortunately, I just couldn't continue. Um, but even in taking lessons with him and listening to his feedback to me, um, it was, it was very encouraging, but I could tell that I wasn't doing the job. Like that's not the reaction I want. So I ended up watching a lot of different uh, musicians and I was like, man, you know, if I could just do this or do that, I played, I, I experimented a lot. And what actually ended up happening, I kid you not, was I was doing this show. Was it this year? I just figured it out. How to belt? How, yeah. Wow. Like I, I was always this quieter singer. I was, I was not a performer. I was a singer and I was at a show and I was nervous because there were people there that I felt like, Oh, I don't want them to see me. You know, I don't think they really respect me as a singer and I just don't want to do it. And I was in practice and I was like, F it. And I just opened my mouth and this thing came out Yeah. and I went, wow, okay, I, this is possible. What? <sighs> So we did the show that night and a lot of people in the audience, they had no clue who I was. Uh -huh. And I'm on stage shaking again, like a leaf because I'm, I'm honestly a little punk when it comes to being on stage sometimes. But, and I was like, holding on to that mic for dear life. And it, here comes the part, right? You're ramping up and the music's getting heavy. And I'm like, I got to scream now. And I just, I was like, you did it earlier today produced the same thing. Come on, teacher. What would you tell your students? You know the technique. And I just let it go. And since then, I was that was the first time I've ever belted in my life. And I want to say, I feel like I could be... No, it wasn't this year. It was last year. Okay, got it. Had to have been last year. It was last year. Yeah, because I was going to say, wait, no, it wasn't this year. It was last year. Uh -huh. It's the first time I ever belted in my life. And I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I mean, I was able to do other stuff before but not like that yeah and it was really just the pressure of somebody i was intimidated by being in front of me and that was it pandora's box was open oh man and it never closed <laughs> well belting feels good too doesn't it it does it's like a different experience it's a release in itself mm -hmm. it's hard to do and it's hard to teach it's really hard to teach but it definitely has its its it's moments. And that's that's one thing I like to teach. You got to strategically place belting. It can't be. Just, the whole song can't be a big Yeah, man, belt. <laughs> don't do that. And if you notice on the album, one of the things that I do is I always start a song off at a level like four. And then I mm -hmm. crank it up because yeah. my philosophy is I should bring you into the melody first. I should bring you into the song first. Once I get past the first chorus and I've established what this is about, now is playtime. Mm -hmm. Now we can go. Mm-hmm. So I build songs that way. For, That's an interesting uh, insight into your and to my mind. weird thought process when it comes <laughs> to writing songs. So you must practice a lot. Nope. Nope. Never. Mm, I mean, you warm up before your shows. Nope. 
we have, and I know none of my students listen to this. None of you. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> Turn it off you now. you tell them to warm up before everything? I tell them they should. But, yeah. I, I, but I'm honest. I'm like, I don't always warm up. Uh-huh. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't practice. We, we practice once a week. But I sing so much because I also teach. And then I, I sing in wedding bands. So I do weddings yeah. every weekend that this happens. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this crackling Gravel. voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I need a rest. So, No. I don't know, practice. I guess technically I get enough practice because I do this. Well, so you're much. always singing. Right. You're you're functionally practicing. Exactly. And um, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I mean definitely singing at weddings and stuff totally counts because you're singing for like three hours. You're still doing it. For like hours and hours. Yes. What about learning those tunes? Or do you just know all Let that me just stuff? tell you, no. I just did my first couple of weddings with the same Bachelor Boys, and I had to learn. Are you serious? Yeah, I just did my first two, and I had to learn. Uh, you know I'm in that, women. right? I know, I was yeah. about to say, I, was, I didn't know you were in that. I had I no just started. Where have you been? I'm, well, they, I did a couple showcases. When? Then, Where was I? You were there. When? <laughs> like uh, November or something. Oh, last girl, year. I did not know. I don't remember nothing. Are I you say, serious? I sang some Adele. I had no clue. You were maybe at the first one. But I, we yeah, didn't I know bounce in and out. We didn't know each other yet, so that's crazy. I was like, "That's Kiki, <laughs> that's that Kiki girl, Jasmine." <laughs> but uh, everyone talks about you every wedding I've been to. They're always like, "Oh, that Kiki," you know? Why? Oh my gosh! Probably because I'm insane. I do fuss though when people like don't know what they're doing. I'm like, "Yeah, no, it's a side eye." I oh, I too. do the side eye. One time, my bassist, uh, we had this weird gig, and he tried to play the keyboard where the keyboard lady wasn't there that time, and and he tried to play the keyboard while I was um, playing the saw and singing, you know, and um, I gave him, like, the most severe side eye. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't you play that note. You don't know what's up with that. That's me. No authority. Right. Like, you Time out take here. That off, take that finger off of there, and he saw me give him this look that had all that in it. Oh, I do that in a minute. I'm like, uh-uh. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, but no, you're like super highly respected in the, especially in the wedding band, Bachelor Boys Band. So funny. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I feel like I'm a complete goober. Like all I do is play jokes on them and like <laughs> I'm always messing with them and hiding stuff and slapping them and running away. So I feel like... <laughs> just feel like I'm just so playful that it, you know. That's probably why they like you. They like me until I, I start snapping. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I snap at people. <laughs> I'm like, uh-uh, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> no, I need to learn how to do that a little bit myself. Uh, I'm probably the perfect person to teach you how to do it. Yeah, you can be my um, that thing coach. Dude, you just can't care. You can't care. You can't care can't what will care. people think, man. I don't care if you don't like the fact that I'm telling you to speed up the song. Speed up the song. <laughs> You're killing me here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so, so you, how do you fit all of these things in? Because you're also a mother, mm-hmm. and and I feel like you know, being a mother and being a musician, a lot of people don't do both of those things, or you don't do one of them well. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I think my daughter actually kind of gave me room to do it because I didn't do it until she was older. Oh, okay. So I have she to count on my been fingers. Like 13 or something. No, like she that. was, oh my God. When did I start? To, you know, she, she was like 15 or 16 when I actually started. And um, I was doing background at the time. 
And she, I mean, she was already involved in so much stuff that I did it when she was already gone. So it didn't affect me being able to be home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, yeah, I think that's the thing is I didn't do it till she was older. I see. Um, is she so, like totally into No, we don't even talk mom? about it. Really? Mm-mm. No, I don't even think she knows where my music is. I was shocked she bought one of my T-shirts. I was like, what? Because <laughs> at one point she was like, it's so stupid that you're a musician. And I'm like, thanks. Thanks for the support. Right. So I was like, okay, little monkey, I'm never talking about this with you again. And <laughs> and I don't. I brought her to a couple gigs and she was staring at me like, ew, like the whole time. Really? I was like, oh. You... Is she not into the style or is it just I like I think a... she just thinks I'm a dweeb. It's mom stuff. It's mom, you know? right. Yeah. Like I'm like this warlock who... <laughs> owns her life <laughs> at home. Oh my God. And I have to tell you the funniest thing she did. And this will give you her an idea. She, um, she's, I just took her to college this weekend. Woo. I know that was hard. Also. Yeah. Cry fest. Oh, you talking about, I, I didn't think I would. Cause she hasn't lived with me for the last two months. I moved to Pittsburgh. She stayed in Monroeville so she could work and earn money before she went to college. And she did. She bought all her supplies, all of it, all her books. I didn't buy anything. Wow. And um, I'm taking off those loans. (laughs) (laughs) But she, um, I hate her. I hate her. She had to assign a a username and a password for me to be able to call. Uh Uh-huh. And... Her her username for me is Nag Machine. <laughs> so she Nag said, because I I've been I was like, please hurry up and get this done. I need to be able to call. And she finally sent it to me and said, Nag Machine. I said, who 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 are you referring to? <laughs> and she said, you know, I'm talking about you. I said, I hate you. <laughs> so how many times have you called her already? And that oh, uh, I've talked to her every day, <laughs> which is weird. Cause we didn't talk when she was here. Like, yeah, she, uh-huh. you know, she, every once in a while, me and my fiance would be like, yo, let's go have dinner. Let's go get her. And we'd go party. And, and the three of us are like the three musketeers. We're idiots. Aww. Oh my God. But they gang up on me all the time. Do so you guys think I'm all cool? And these two are just like, I'm a battering ram as far as they're concerned. They're <laughs> tearing me up all the time. That's so sweet though. What? Then you take them both. (laughs) (laughs) How far away is she? Not far. She's at IUP. Okay. So (laughs) not very far. Not far. Not very far Um, at all. Not far enough for me. But but the program was perfect. So I was like, yes, we're going here. So she doesn't have any musical inclination. Oh, yes, she does. She does? Oh. What's what's her thing? Oh, she's a singer. She plays ukulele and guitar and she's a singer. She's amazing. Oh. She's That's amazing. Awesome. We have a video on Facebook where she and I are singing and my Aww. fiance is playing the guitar. <laughs> Such dorks. It's great. It's so cute. I love it. She and I are like harmonizing. She's be- a beautiful voice. My mother, me, Aww. and her, we're the singers. Wow. Yeah. Nobody else. Nobody else. And has a, have the three of you sung together? We're going to at my wedding. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask this about your wedding. Oh, yeah. Um. So... He's a musician. He is. He's a, an amazing jazz guitarist, right? Yes, and ma'am. He, he plays with all the jazz cats. Oh, my goodness. I always, he's going to kill me for saying this, but I make fun of him at home. I'm like, you're the jazz man. He's like, stop saying that. You make me sound like a creeper. Like, <laughs> I just like start snapping my fingers like, you're the jazz man. He's like, Sherman, the jazz man. Oh, he hates it. He hates it. Hates it. He's going to kill me. Please make sure this gets in. Okay. We're going to make it like the tag. We can do it over the, the <gasps> intro music that we create together. He later. will kill me. Jazz man. He's like, you have. Oh, he's going to murder me. He's going to murder me. He's 
going to murder me. Kiki. <laughs> no, I better not. I'm going to make him mad. Okay, so, and you said he practices, like, all the time. All the time. Yeah, and he, he actually has a degree from mm-hmm. Duquesne or something, mm-hmm. right? So he's, like, super immersed. Yeah, do you, that's everything. Do you guys talk about music theory and stuff around the dinner table? No. I mean, every once in a while we do. But not much. Mm-hmm. No. I think we're too busy talking about the wedding right now. Yeah, but, well, it's absorbative. Oh, but. my gosh. <laughs> so are you, you're both obviously uh, great musicians. At your wedding, you're going to have live music, I presume. Uh, duh. And, <laughs> but you can't play at all. So what are you, what's going on? Who can't play? Well, because, you know, you got to, you got to shake. Who can't play? You got to shake hands with everybody. It no, I don't. freaking hours. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you better find me on the dance floor, honey, because <laughs> I'm not coming around to your table. <laughs> um, no, I will be doing. Of course, you I gotta will be, be on doing stage. some. Of course, I will. Of course, that's yeah. like not gonna happen. But like, you can't play all of it all night. I would have if he wouldn't have fussed about it. Ah, he fussed at me. Uh-huh. He won't let me do it. What's your first dance? Are you doing that whole thing? My daughter wants to sing our first dance. Um, but I still haven't listened to the song yet. Uh-huh. It's Die With You, but I don't know what that is. So she picked it. She picked it because we were not going to do a first dance. I was like, I don't want to do all that traditional crap. I just want to party. Uh-huh. And she was like, well, I really wanted to sing your first dance. And I was like, okay. Yeah, just because you're the Just because you to. want to yeah. do it, then yes. So so are you going to not listen to the song until you get there? No, you're, I'm going to listen to it. Because I was going to say... <laughs> Well, I don't know what that song is. But. I don't know. But until like yesterday, maybe, or two days ago, she refused to tell me what the title of it was uh-huh. because she was like, I just want you to hear it. And I was like, no. And I blamed it on Ben. I was like, well, Ben's probably going to want to practice, but really I want to like make sure that it's mm-hmm. a good song. So he's going to play the guitar. No, he can't because he's no. going to be dancing with so you. So I'll probably ask the band to do it. Okay. So is it, is it the buckle downs that are playing? No. Nope. Or what's this? Bachelor Boys. You got, oh, Bachelor Boys. Of course. Duh. Hello. Duh. <laughs> we have... Three bands uh-huh. for the whole weekend. We have one on uh, Thursday night, which is the band that Ben plays with the James Street with Tony Campbell. So Tony's yeah. playing. Ooh. Yep, Tony's playing our our Thursday night party. God, this is the best wedding music. Dude, I really know. we have, and then Spencer, God bless him, Spencer Gear is uh-huh. doing our ceremony music. Oh my God, um, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> and then I think Nick DeCesare. I think, I'm not sure who the other two are. George Hyde, I think, and Sam Harris. I think those three are doing our cocktail hour. Nice. And then Bachelor Boys will be doing. Who else did you hand select from Bachelor Boys? Uh, I think, I can't remember everybody. Uh, Andy Kirk's going to be on drums, of course. Anton will be on bass. Gene Stovall will be there. Um, He's got an awesome voice. Yeah, I I sing with Gene a lot. Um, I can't remember who else. I think Justin Bichak's on keys, I think. Brian Persinger is on guitar. And I have some horns, but I don't quite remember. I think J.D. Oh. Chasen and Rick Matt. I wow. think. I think. What a I can't remember. Up. Oh, yeah. But that's I can't remember great. if that's it, but I think that's it. Well, I think you shouldn't worry about everybody having fun because you, you've secured the best. I've been, I part, did what I knew. Music. I know. We have four different like, <laughs> sections of music. It's like an incredible cross-section of It's crazy. It's crazy. And I'm like so looking forward to it, but um, I just need to get past the planning. But I put him in charge of most of the music. Uh He's in charge of everything except Bachelor Boys. That's my job. But everything else is him. Well, you're getting 
I think you're getting pretty close to the point where you get to stop uh, doing all the stuff and it's just you wait until the date. Well, I'm fortunate because we know so many people mm-hmm. in the industry. So every one of our vendors is actually someone we know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like photographer, somebody who's the buckle downs photographer. Um, our cake cupcakes, and I want a cake, cupcake lady is one of my best friends from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, makeup artist is Kaylin's godmother. So it's it's oh, all people. Yeah. I know. My hairstylist is one of my best friends. So we, we really lucked out. We got a lot of really great people. Um, so have you ever had a time where you just like felt your gender, like either something negative happening or something you felt like positive? Both. Yeah. Absolutely. I think there are times, I won't necessarily say with my band, but definitely as a musician, where I felt like because I was a woman, I wasn't respected in what I wanted or had to say. Um, I, I feel that happens actually quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have ever experienced that, but oh my God. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like what woman hasn't, right? Right. And they think that because you're a woman, you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And even, and, and I know that there's this kind of thing between musicians and singers and musicians don't seem to think that singers know. <laughs> I mean, just because I can't tell you the chord, that doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm, I can hum it and you can figure it out. Like, yeah. you know, but I don't think that they understand sometimes that we do know what we're hearing. Um, but I've, I've seen men, singers be able to communicate with men musicians and there's less tension or less of a tendency for the musicians not to respect what that man is saying than there is when a woman does it. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely experienced that. Um, but I will say that being a black woman rock artist, I do feel like my ability to kind of communicate the emotion in my songs and not la- not let it be specific to women. It's just, I'm just speaking period. And I feel like when people connect to that, that's what makes me feel like, all right, I'm a woman and I can emit this power without being threatening or intimidating or any of the other things that I've been called because I'm a type A female. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and I hope people get that from me. I hope people don't get me as an intimidating woman. That is not what I'm trying to be. Um, I am just a woman who is type A, who has a very strong sense of who she is and will not let anyone rock that. Right. And just respect that. And it's not meant to be a threat to anyone else because it's not about you. Yeah. A lot of people don't remember that it's not about you. No, it's always about someone else. <laughs> like, I do this for you. <laughs> no, actually, I don't. I'm glad people get something from it. But like I said, we didn't start out to do this for mm-hmm. for any other reason other than us. And that, to me, is the best way to reach people, mm-hmm. is to do it indirectly. I mean, it's happening directly, but we didn't mean for it to happen that way. We just meant to have fun. And yeah. it ended up being something that people latched onto, and that's awesome. But at the end of the day... I'm on that stage because I like being there. I like the people I'm on there with. I'm glad people share in that with us. That's it for me. That makes it when it becomes, oh, I have to do this for you. When you become my boss. Now I'm like job number four. Yeah, for real. And that's not what I'm looking for. When you sit down to write, like, what is it? What is the experience like for you? I don't. (laughs) What happened? I don't sit down to write. You stand up. You stand up and write. No. So I have to. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how this is funny. Um, I have to look at the track list to remember some things. Oh, I hate that picture. Oh. Um, 
So I don't sit down to write. Um, when they present a song to me, this type of music is not second nature to me. I'm usually like, what is this? Like when they wrote Soldier, I was like, I don't understand what this is. <laughs> I was like, what do you want me to do with this song? And I could not figure that out. Uh-huh. Um, but the way I write is the first thing I do is I just make them play it for me a couple times. And I record it on my phone. And, um, and they put it on Dropbox for me too. And I just kind of listen to it. I'm supposed to listen to it when I'm not at practice, but I don't. But... There's usually sounds or syllables that I'll hear. Um, so for Let It Ride, I remember that one specifically. When that, when I heard the chorus, I was like, oh, my God, let it ride. I like that. And then I just wrote around it. Mm-hmm. So I, I hear sounds or words first. Mm. I, I don't have a concept. I don't look at it and say, this is what I'm going to talk about. I just hear sounds. Like, I think an ooh would go well here. And then I find mm-hmm. words with ooh. Mm-hmm. And that, it becomes, I can I can build it around mm-hmm. that. That's with, so interesting. It, it's kind of weird. Because um, I'm weird. Beautiful. I knew I, w- I wanted that for Ben. I knew what I wanted that to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted a blue song. I begged Ernie to write me a blue song. So he wrote not like I used to. But I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Until maybe weeks later. And I'll tell you a secret. Until next time and let it ride. I wrote in the studio the day we were recording them. (laughs) (laughs) They were the last two songs I needed to finish. I'd had them for like three months. Uh And I was like, I don't know the right. And we were sitting there. They were were like, we don't care what you do. We're going to go ahead and record the song. And they were recording it. And I'm like, oh, man, wait a minute. I wrote them in 10 minutes. Wow. On two different occasions. <laughs> like, so I didn't write them both on the same day. Uh-huh. And um, it just worked. <laughs> and then do you find you come back to the the lyrics later and you're like, wow, that was interesting what I came up with in yes. a short period of time. It means this to me now that I think I about it. I can't believe I did that. Like, people think that Until Next Time is about me. Uh-huh. It's not. No? No. I've never been drunk in New Orleans, <laughs> but it just sounded, it gave me this New Orleans feel to it. And I was like, I feel like this song needs to have something to do with some kind of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it came about in literally 10 minutes. And it just popped out of you. Just some. I have no idea what I'm Under doing. pressure, creativity. I, I didn't even feel like it was up. under pressure because I was, they, I was just going to come back. You know, I'm like, I'll come back and do the lyrics another day. And I just popped them out. I don't know how that happened. And so what did you mean that you just did the take right then too? And it was, that's it? Yep. I went back and redid like a couple parts. um, But that was, that was it. I just did it there. Man, what a voice. (sighs) For real. You cracked me up, man. Because I I thought it was funny. I was laughing (laughs) the whole time. I'm like, did I just write this song? (laughs) <laughs> did i just join a band did I, I just write a song welcome to my life you understand me now i get it i hear what you're saying when you're i don't think you're walking around in like a mess you're just sort of i just stumble into you stumble stuff. though yeah and but it's good and I, you I, have a positive attitude which makes it honey uh, say that because i'm telling you uh, i did not <laughs> not always when you talk about what i've been through i can't even begin i have been through some stuff and I mean ugly stuff. Mm-hmm. A positive attitude was not something I had until I made a choice a couple years ago. Yeah. And that choice was, I'm going to find something every day to enjoy. I don't care what, I don't care if it's, oh, I got an ice cream cone. And that's the only thing I enjoy the whole day. I am too old to not be enjoying my life. Yeah. This is dumb. Yeah. At some point you cross this little threshold and you're like, actually, I don't have that much time left. Right. 
I didn't think about this before, but I only have so many. And I think it wasn't, and I don't think it was even that for me. It was just like, I just don't want to, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Yeah. I know I've been through a lot. Yeah. I know it. I've been hospitalized. I have been in domestic violence situations. I have been through family things. I have just raised a kid by myself for 19 years. I have, you want to name it? It's probably happened Mm -hmm. and I have a choice. That's the thing that you got to realize is you feel like because you've been through so much that you don't have a choice. You feel like you, and you do, you, you have to, you can let that stuff weigh you down and you can continue to wallow in it. And yes, it hurts and it's always going to hurt or you can pick it up. You can put it in a backpack, pack it up neatly. You'll never forget it and you'll, but you can learn from it. And you can continue. And no, that is not easy to do. I'm making it sound easy. It's not easy. Nobody told you it needed to be easy. There are still days, poor Ben, there are still days where I just burst into tears. Mm -hmm. And he has no idea why. (laughs) But he jumps up and he is right there beside me because he he knows what I've been through. We've talked about it. So he'll just get up and be like, yep, there she goes. I'm, I'm right here. And he knows that. And I appreciate that about him. But I, my thing is, if I can encourage people, I know we've all been through stuff, right? But your choice is the most important choice you're going to make. And that's, am I going to let that thing be a paperweight on my entire life? Or am I going to let it hurt when it needs to hurt, but continue to live my life and be positive about it? Because I was not always positive. So when the ghosts of these things visit you, you just let them hang out for a minute. They got to hang out. They got to hang out. I don't let them hang out for a minute. I mean, for long, you know, you can have a minute. Yeah. You can have a second. Every time I used to sing Rivers when we first did it, it it took everything in me not to ball. It reminded me of when I went into the hospital. It reminded me of me swallowing a bottle of pills and almost not coming back. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of having a tube stuffed down my throat in ICU. It reminded me of all of that. And it, I'm glad that that's a scar that I carry, but it's okay to carry it because that allows me to say, okay, don't tell me. I don't know what you're going through. I got you. I got you right here. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I know where you've been. I know what you feel like. I might not know your exact situation and that is okay. That is okay. I will never profess to know exactly what somebody's going through, but a hard time is a hard time. Mm-hmm. And let's, Let's walk through it. I'm going to pull you out. You know, I'm an, or at least if I can't do it, I'm going to help you do it. Especially with this particular song, Rivers, that you're referencing and, and the story behind it and everything. Like it's. That was a tough one. That's a way to, that's a way to reach out to somebody who might need that. So I hope so. So let's listen to it. Sure. Let's listen to it. And I 
somewhere on this river strange waves hide my path and I can't make it over I've been lost before waiting through this water beautiful that's a hard one <laughs> that's a hard song hard to listen to yeah every time yeah every time I always think about it you know just where I've been what I've seen mm-hmm. yeah it's hard but it's but, but it's by far my personal favorite because somehow I don't I don't even think he meant to but somehow Ernie like by writing that song was able to perfectly capture what I would have wanted to say if I was going to write a song, you know, about that topic, he perfectly captured it, you know, by starting just that riff, the, the riff at the beginning was all he had, was what he had. Mm-hmm. 
And then he started that ascending line, and I went, oh, yay. I like minor. I don't like major. Mm -hmm. I'm very into minor. I'm pro minor. Yep. (laughs) We're pro minor. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to do this vocal line going up. It's a beautiful vocal line, and you're... Your vocal control is really good. Thank you. That was hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I hear one. it and I'm like, oh. Oh, that one was, it was, whew. It's good. Thank you. It's, it's by far my favorite. I could listen to that one every single day. And it's like one of those things where you just kind of remember. It helps you remember how far you've come and it helps you remember how human you are and it helps check you too. You know, for me, it's just like. Don't forget where, what you've walked through. And you've literally walked through this. I mean, like one step at a time. And that's okay. It's all right. I'm all right with that. I'm okay with that. I don't think I could have said that five, six years ago. Sure. Yeah. I would have been hanging on to it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, it's okay. But the, that kind of, I don't know, that song hits me every single time. Never fails. And when you go up on stage and sing that one, that's an example of you need to put this over here so you can sing it. I, that's something you have to give. Yeah. That's not one I can just, you know, fake. I can't fake that one. You uh-huh. have to give that one. And there's one person in particular. Um, he comes to a lot of our shows, good friend of ours. He was the one that identified what this song was about. Mm. And every time I see him, he says the same thing. He's like, man, every time you do that, it gets me. I'm like, I know, right? It gets me too. Doesn't that feel so good? It does. You shared that. It does. Someone picked it up. That is important to me. The other thing I love is that every time somebody talks about the album or a show, it's always a different song that people like, like, and I'm like, cool. <laughs> you know, that means you like more than one song. That means it's not one of those albums where you're going to listen to one song and repeat. You're not a one hit wonder. <laughs> I'll take that. You you're know, at least a 10 hit wonder. I, I, 10 well, on this album. <laughs> oh, I hope so. You know, uh-huh. that would be great. But if, if people like it for different reasons, I've heard people come up to me. The one that I think I appreciated the most was one person was like, I really love beautiful. And I was like, cool. I wrote that for my fiance and I make it a point to embarrass him at every show yeah. and like call him out. On uh-huh. it. <laughs> and he's just like, hi, he just got a wave with this look on his face. Like she's doing it again. <laughs> Going back to talking about being a woman. It's hard to find a guy who is supportive of what you do. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask you actually, do you think that like women musicians need to be in relationships with other musicians because or artists of some kind. So they get this whole thing. I think they need to focus on whether or not that person is supportive and understands it Mm -hmm. because you can be in a relationship with another musician and still, and still not, they could not be supportive. Yeah. So I think that's the most important thing. Do they support what you do? Are they there? And I don't mean support as in, is he always there? I don't need you to be there, but thank you for not yelling at me because I have another gig. So he's, he's very compromising and I tried to be as well. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for that amazing intro. Like seriously. So where can people find out more information about the buckle downs, find this album, just tell people everything about that. They can find us at the buckle downs.com for sure. And we usually, um, well, we always keep our shows updated. They can buy the album there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the album's also available on Spotify. It's on iTunes. Uh, we we do have our T-shirts on the website. We are on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. There's always some shenanigans that we are into, especially on Instagram, because Ernie's over Instagram. Uh-huh. And we always get nuts on there. So <laughs> um, that's pretty much everywhere where you can find us right now. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Well, 
Till you have another performance, I can see you again. It was such a pleasure, and um, and I loved, I just loved everything about talking to you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. For you guys are great. Yeah. I'm so yeah. excited. So, so. Yeah. Can't right. wait to hear it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Petticoat Rule, galvanizing women in musical creativity. The views and opinions expressed during the show are solely those of persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the producers. Subscribe and find more information and episodes at petticoatrule.net. Follow us on Facebook at Petticoat Rule and on Instagram and Twitter at Petticoat Rule FM. 